another beautiful evening with us here at the Go Deep Podcast, and we welcome you back. Fantastic weekend of football, overall great time of sports, um, unless you're a Major League Baseball fan, in which it can, could have been a little irritating the last couple of days, but nonetheless, here we are, I'm Eric Ramirez, your local New York Jets fan, um, apparently I'm a sadist as well because I am one, uh, otherwise I am a Washington sports fan in general, um, Nationals, Wizards, DC United, Washington Spirit, newfound fandom over there. Um, let me toss it over to my co-hosts here. First off, the leftist top not rocking martial artist, AJ. Uh, well, that was an excellent introduction, I have to say. It improved your skills uh, over time, man. Practices pan off. Uh, this is uh, AJ Claiborne coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, you can find me on socials at Dunedin Jets. Uh, and uh, particularly, I'm, I'm on Twitter the most. Uh, unfortunately, I am addicted to that app, the Bird app. Uh, I'm a Washington sports fan, with the sole exception of my beloved Baltimore Orioles. And with that, I will toss it over uh, to the man with the beard, uh, Lauren. Tell, tell him what's up. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Lauren Heap coming at you from Montgomery Village. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Heap twenty one. I'm a Washington football team fan, Washington Wizards fan, anything DC sports related uh, fan. But yeah, let's get into it, fellas. That we shall. So I mentioned uh, in the intro there real quick, um, some new some newfound fandom for the Washington Spirit, who are part of the Women's National Soccer League here in the U.S. Um, Washington Spirit uh, did a fantastic job this past season facing a hell of a lot of adversity that we've gone over in past episodes um, to become the championships or the champions of the uh, Women's National Soccer League championship. Um, and it seems like they've got some good news coming out of the legal side of things over there in Washington. Um, AJ, can you give us an insight on that? Yeah, just a quick update on this story. You guys know that uh, we at Go Deep Podcast have been following this uh, for the past uh, like month and a half or so. Um, following uh, pretty uh, damning allegations that of racial abuse, uh, one of the male owners um, has uh, basically... Uh, Essentially, the, the way has been paved for him to to uh, lose control of the team. His name is Steve Baldwin. Um, he he had been a coach, had been um, basically removed from duty his duties uh, for uh, um, racially um, and sexually abusing not not physically, but like uh, sexual harassment type stuff against the the women um, footballers there. Um, and there is a woman uh, majority owner whose name is Michelle Kang. Um, she has partnered with some uh, other minority shareholders whom she has convinced to join her coalition. Um, basically, what the National Women's Soccer League did uh, today is pave the or not today, but this recently is paved the way for her to those um, minority share, um, investors to become uh, outright shareholders, which gives her the majority she needs on the board to vote, vote Steve Baldwin off of the island, so to speak. Uh, so he will be on his way out, uh, or at least it appears that he will be on his way out. Um, and Michelle Kang will become the, the majority shareholder of the Washington Spirit and will be the will be the owner, which is an ask that the players had asked for, um, which is, you know, obviously I don't care about capitalists. You all know me, um, but uh, but the players had asked for it. So that's that's a that's a decent outcome as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's all I've got for you, Eric. That's a that's a lot of good news over there. Um. Yeah, so I think we're gonna. I think it'd be really cool for us to make our way out to like a Washington Spirit game at some point in their next season. Won't be their inaugural one, but we can at least go out, show some love. Um, just through everything that they face, I can easily say that like I've got a lot of love already for them. So definitely want to make it out to the game. Yeah, I'm down um, to support them for sure if we get a chance. 
support more women's sports listeners. It is very important. They don't get enough love and they do deserve it. Um, Also got some big news coming out of the major league, major league baseball front. Um, Two big pieces of news. First, I'm going to toss it over to Lauren. I know there was an update on the lockout situation um, with possible deals being offered. You got any updates on that, man? Yeah, it looks like uh, I think it was Jeff Passos tweeted out um, that the players met, but no deal had come to uh, they hadn't come to an agreement um, and they're uh, bargaining and negotiating. But uh, AJ, I think you said that they have to uh, they're probably going to based off what Jeff tweeted, they're going to have to meet probably daily just to get something done. Yeah, so um, so there's for the past two days, the owners and the players have finally met. That's that's a change. Um, the owners had made a really crappy offer. Uh, about a week ago or a week or two ago, I think. Um, and so they hadn't met since uh, since the lockout had started, aside from that one meeting. Um, the players came back with with a counter proposal. This is all normal stuff for bargaining, by the way. Um, and speaking as someone who has who's participated in these types of types of things, um, it's possible that they could get a deal done before uh, spring training becomes interrupted. Uh, players are supposed to report at the beginning of February, um, which is, as you can see, fast closing upon us here on January 25th. Um, and, uh, it, this is all part of the normal course of business of bargaining. Um, they'll go back and forth. Um, it, what is, what was a little bit surprising to me though, was how public the details of the, uh, of the negotiations are. Um, I didn't expect to know, for example, like exactly how much or that, uh, made that the players association had withdrawn their, uh, some of their uh, specific proposals, um, or the details of what, uh, of what they have sort of have gone back and forth with. Um, I think the owners offered $10 million uh, as, as an increase to their yeah. side, of, side of the uh, profit mm-hmm. sharing scheme, which is laughable, obviously. Um, and I think I saw a tweet somewhere that said that the players were literally laughing at it. Um, so the, these, <laughs> these two sides are not, um, they're not close. I wouldn't, I wouldn't estimate that they're close. Um, and I think what it's, I think the big issue for the players is probably going to be the, um, uh, uh, the arbitration changes as well as just the straight up revenue sharing. So the two questions that are that are really being asked are how are the players and the owners going to split the profits of baseball and let's not forget right. baseball is more profitable now than it has ever been in its entire uh, entirety entire lifetime as a sport uh, and the owners have been basically uh, taking a larger share of that since the uh, contract in the 90s uh, contract negotiations in the 90s. So the players are looking to claw back some of those concessions that they made back then. Um, and then in addition to that, it's the arbitration issue. Um, arbitration, uh, if for in, in, at least in for in terms of baseball, and this is different than arbitration in pretty much any other context, uh, means the ability of a player to uh, make more money um, uh, and the ability to avoid uh, what is essentially a salary cap, uh, which the players have been pretty militantly against literally for the entire the entirety of their existence so uh just a small update uh back and things are going back and forth progress is being made whether or not baseball gets interrupted is going to depend on uh how much both sides want to meet in the next week or so if they don't meet any any further i think you can expect some disruptions to the to the minor league season wow (laughs) now in your experience aj would you say that like all those details being made public like you just pointed out like i mean there were a lot of details even in that tweet that that we had in the group do you think that that's like a like a strategy that the players are using to kind of you know increase the pressure the heat on the owners yeah i mean i don't know who's 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 leaking those details you know the the journalist did not disclose his source uh his sources um and uh it, it, 
so it could be it could be a, it's a strategy by somebody um now in my opinion i think that it's probably to the player's advantage to let those details be released um and you know not to the owners because i think that uh at the end of the day people are going to be more sympathetic to the players than they are to the owners um and so it's worth it for the players to be transparent with the public about what's going on um at the same time though i'm not sure that it makes that much of a difference it's it's kind of a pr as a pr strategy it's fine you know it's not like a slam dunk or anything but it doesn't hurt the players at all so maybe maybe that's it's a thing that's been done by their side to keep people informed i guess huh true that's interesting um, now another another piece of news on the on the major league baseball front was uh, the announcement of the Hall of Fame inductees for the 2022 class in Major League Baseball. Uh, already was Minnie Mendoza, Gil Hodges, Jim Cat, Tony Oliva, Buck O'Neill, and Bud Flowers were announced for this year's class. Um, just came out that David Ortiz, Big Poppy, as a lot of us know him as, just got inducted um, with some rather big names running out of il- uh, eligibility. So first off, uh, Lauren, how do you feel about Big Poppy being, you know, inducted in the Hall of Fame? And second, how do you feel about, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling um, running out of eligibility in traditional sense and not being on the ballot? Yeah, so Big Poppy definitely deserved it. Uh, part of my childhood will always remember him uh, swinging the bat with that big old gut and hitting home runs and playoffs and, and World Series <laughs> games. That's all That's all I remember, him running around the bases and uh, – uh, that's that that swing. There's that there's that iconic swing, and I'm not even sure which game it is, but they MLB plays it over and over and over again, where it's it is it's beautiful, and he just he just launches one. So he definitely deserved it. Um, I like I said, I grew up watching him and know him as Big Poppy. Um, to allude to AJ's point earlier, real quick to circle back, um, I looked this up the other day because I was just curious. Major League Baseball. I looked up the highest league revenue from revenue streams just in the world. I was just curious. I wanted to know from NFL. And as of right now, uh, Major Does League Baseball, include... Major, uh, this includes NFL, MLB, NBA, Premier League, National Hockey oh, League, so Power, even overseas. Five, Power Five Conference, uh, Bundesliga. And Major League Snap. Baseball is second behind the NFL in revenue as of wow. as of this past year. So they are they – are, the the like that guy tweeted out that I always say say it with me there are no poor sports franchises all the MLB anyway there's no poor like team um so circling back over to to the second question you had um uh this guy tweeted out here let's oh now man now it's it's loading up on me it it disappeared but essentially the point of his tweet was that the MLB used um Barry Bonds to further their sport make money off him. And then now just not going to let him in the Hall of Fame. Like they're completely okay with him using steroids and then with everybody else to make the sport popular, to make it, uh, to, to make it interesting. And then now they're just not going to let him in the Hall of Fame uh, if that's their only reason. And so did um, uh, David, I think it was David Ortiz we were talking about uh, as well that uh, uh, used steroids. But yeah, look, they, look the MLB ignored the steroid use. Yeah. The MLB ignored their Barry Bonds steroid use and promoted the sport, and now won't let him in the Hall of Fame. So, um, they 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 ignore they they ignore the steroid use to profit and now they and grow the sport, and now they won't let Barry in the Hall of Fame, even though I guarantee you a bunch of people were watching. I remember watching him chase his home the home run record. Um, I remember trying to tune in for every game, and I remember the dude who caught the ball getting beat the crap kicked out of him. Um, so you know, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. The sports writers are ridiculous. They're clowns. They're they're 
uh, I'll let AJ, I'll let AJ go in on that. He, he can use bigger words than I can for the, to, to insult the sports writers, but uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're, it's really frustrating you know the local guys i was listening to local guys talk and uh they ended their show and they're like thanks major league baseball like way to be boring like way to suck like barry bonds deserves to be in here like all these other players do so it's just it's ridiculous uh it's really it's really ridiculous and really getting old um there should the barry bonds definitely should be on the hall of fame and so should some of the other guys who listed but i'll toss it over to aj because i'm sure he's gonna have a have a few lovely words to say as well I mean, clowns kind of sums it up, right? I mean, I, I just think, uh, you know, first, well, actually, let me back up. First of all, let me say about Big Poppy. Uh, one of my favorite sports memories is uh, I got to go see I got to go see him uh, in 2016 in his final season play a game against the Orioles in uh, in Boston in Fenway Park when I was going to law school in Boston. Uh, one of my favorite memories. I love saying that I got to sit uh, on the third base side and watch his at bat and everything. Uh, and I, th- I think I still have a picture of it somewhere. So. Uh, so yeah, big poppy, uh, slick. all the, all the, all the love, man. You, you like, I, I super enjoyed watching them play and just the, the fire he has for the game that comes out like at any time you, you, you know, you see him talk baseball. So, you know, that guy definitely deserves to be in the hall of fame for sure. Um, it was great listening to him talk to with that accent, you know? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Bro, he was so hype. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, Circle around to another guy who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, 150,000% deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The baseball writers are, I mean, clowns is the right way to put it. I mean, it's just, let's, let's, first of all, like, your sanctimonious, like, prudish, like, oh, he used steroids. Everyone was using steroids back then. Who cares? What are you going to do? Like, black out an entire 20 years of baseball because people were using steroids, like, steroid use is prominent? Like, like, come on. And second of all, Barry Bonds, like even on the mer- like even without the steroids, would have been an amazing athlete and probably deserved to be in the Hall of Fame anyway. Given the fact that his like the beginning of his career, he was also an amazing athlete. And third of all, you can't even really take away from his accomplishments because like steroids makes you stronger, right? Like it can improve your bat speed and everything. It doesn't improve your hand eye coordination. Like that man was launching ho- those home runs when he in his late thirties, uh, you know, and maybe maybe the bat speed obviously contributed to that, whatever. But at the same time, like. If, if he weren't the home run king of baseball, he would have been like he would have been one of the most prolific hitters of all time. And so the fact that you're going to keep him out of the out of the Hall of Fame for the stupid reason uh, is just is just absurd. And, and you know, as, as much as I hate uh, Kurt Schilling's politics and, and, you know, as much of a jerk as Robert Roger Clemens is, they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, too. So let's not be, you know, just just let him in, guys. I mean, and this is coming from a Baltimore Orioles fan, right? So I'm. These Kurt Schilling and Roger Clemens are guys that I watched uh, torch my my beloved Orioles all for for seasons at a time <laughs> uh, as I was growing up in childhood. They sort of traumatized me in that way, but they one hundred percent deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's let's be let's be honest here. Um, well, the- and and so that, honestly, that kind of sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but that brings that brings to a head like something that you were talking about before the podcast, right? Which was you know like these athletes, like you said. They're they're going about the business, trying to take care of their bodies, doing what's in their best interest, what's in their body's best interest. One, perform, and then two, you know, collect their paychecks and make sure that they can use them after the fact. You know, um, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but what I'm trying to say basically is, you know, if we see it in every sport, it's it's not going away. Um, do you think it's? Do you think it's? And I'm bringing this, I'm asking you this because you you had more of a clear point of view to it than I did, or um, we didn't really give Lauren a chance to talk about it, but 
I mean, do you really think steroids are something that should be cracked down on so harshly like it is in all the leagues across the world right now? Yeah, no. I mean, I think I think it should. I mean, look, it, it's it's steroids are bad because they destroy your body and they like and they have negative externalities beyond that. Like you can become like an aggressive jerk and, you know, hurt the people that you love. That's why steroids are bad. Steroids are not bad because they enhance your performance. Like that's not the reason why they're bad. Like who cares? You know, we all, we're all, you know, we're sort of arbitrary about the drugs that we decide are, are bad for, for, uh, bad for you and are, and are good for you. Right. It's like, uh, you know, we're all, all of us basically addicted to caffeine. We all have coffee in the morning or whatever. That's a drug. That's all that is. So like, you know, why are we criminalizing certain ones and not criminalizing other ones? Like that, that's a whole choice about, uh, you know, people's lifestyles and everything that, you know, I, and I can get into more, more points about that, uh, later, but I guess what I wanted to say is what I really want to say is players should just be able to do drugs whenever they feel like it. Like, I don't, I don't feel strongly about like, as long as they're not hurting somebody else by what they're doing, they should just be able to do whatever they want. You want to smoke weed before a game. If you think that helps you fine, go ahead. You want to, uh, you know, you want to get, I mean, was it um uh, all those players from Miami that used to play for the Washington football team uh Santana Moss uh um Sean Taylor Clint Portis they used to get they used to get yeah. they used to drink before the game like who cares like it does that like none of that should should matter to your performance in the field and we as a society you know we're we're punitive about drugs in in so many uh in so many various ways like and the same thing applies to sports like we shouldn't be that, that's stupid uh, it shouldn't affect whether you go to the hall of fame or not. And, uh, so yeah, so I think I, you know, that, that to me, even like, that's the non-conservative case from my, my perspective, his steroid right. use did not hurt anybody. He wasn't out here attacking anyone or harming the people he loved. He was just out here trying to be the best of this game and major league baseball sure as hell wasn't going to do anything about it. So he took advantage of that fact. Um, but anyway, I've talked enough, Lauren, go ahead. Well, I, sorry, Lauren, I, I wanted to ask you a question, too, because you've, you've mentioned it. I've heard you mention this before, like out in person, when we're hanging out and you've mentioned it today was that baseball's dying. Right. Can do you mind like elaborating a little bit for for like our listeners at home? I kind of have an idea just because of my, you know, my school background. But you asking me or Lauren, I'm asking Lauren. Yeah. So the there's a overwhelming theory that baseball is lo- losing popularity, especially among the younger crowd, because they don't have the patience for it. So uh, like a basketball, right, there's high scoring, it's high, uh, there's back a lot of back and forth uh, in, I don't know, in hockey, your guys can start fist fights. I guess they can in baseball, but you know, they can start fist fights or run into each other. It's fast paced. Football's the same way, you know, football's got its stranglehold. So like the, the overwhelming theory is that the age of like, like millennials and younger are, is dipping in this, is baseball's dipping in, in the, um, uh, in popularity and not in not and not uh, being as popular. And so the overwhelming thing I always hear on like podcasts or different radio show programs I listen to is baseball slowly dying and it's slowly headed that way. Cause you can have games that are end, you know, like uh, uh, one to zero, or you have games that end, you know, really low scoring, or it's just a pitching, it's a pitching battle, right? Two pitchers are just going at it and pitching well. And if you don't find that entertaining or you don't understand that, which a lot of people don't, they find the game boring. Um, and so it's in a, in a sense, it's, um, I hear more people say, man, I'm not going to a baseball game. It's boring. Like I hear like coworkers or just other people in general, when you talk sports, you know, Oh, I could do basketball. I can, I can kind of do basketball. I can do football, but man, baseball games are just boring. Like, I don't get it. Like, so there's, there's some of that to it. And so the, the, the overall art that, which is what I found interesting, which is why I looked up the revenue um, streams the other day. And I didn't, 
realize how profitable baseball had been recently. And so um, that's also why they, they want to try to change the balls. Um, um, and so they hit home more home runs. So there's more scoring and kind of things like that. So that's essentially what I mean is you hear that it's, 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 it's dying in the, in that sense that it's just not as popular. Like it's not football, it's not basketball um, and it's dipping, but I guess contrary to the contrary to them, people saying that is the whole, um, the, uh, um, the whole, uh, the revenue streams, them being so profitable right now, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, but that's, that's essentially it. The, the whole, the whole thing right now is that the millennials and millennial age and down is not, is not, are not baseball fans and not going to the baseball games anymore or not going to baseball parks. Cause it's too, it's too long. It's like three, you're sitting in the sun for three or four hours. And then, you know, nothing could happen. It could end one zero and that's, you know, or, or two zero. And that's just kind of, that just kind of bores people. Now everybody wants, everybody wants to keep, you know, keep entertained the whole time. So that's kind of there. That's why they also, I think they tried, I don't know if, if they did, um, if seven inning games are coming back or not, but they, the, those sort of things. So yeah, they, they, um, they took those out, which I think are, it's just a good thing. So that's kind of what I meant, Eric. It's just kind of like there that you hear this overwhelming thing that like kids don't younger kids and millennial age and down don't want to go to baseball games, but I don't know, AJ, have you heard it? Have you heard, uh, uh, arguments against that or am I, I cause that's what I've heard lately. Anyway, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the thing that keeps getting filtered down is like, Oh, the games are too long. They're too boring, blah, blah, blah. All that, all that crap is, is crap that's made up by the owners so that they can plead the case that they're like not making enough money. Uh, and it's just fundamentally untrue. It's, it's just not true. Uh, there are, there are aspects of baseball where the game has suffered significantly and all of it is basically the fault of the owners. Nobody knows how to base run anymore because of the emphasis on home runs and strikeouts. Uh, nobody knows how to play. Well, not it's not true that nobody knows how to play small ball. A lot of some of the best teams, like I, I'm thinking, the Tampa Bay Rays play really good uh, small ball in terms of like stealing bases and everything. Um, but like, uh, but like it, it's just it's it's just not true. And, and the other the the emphasis on on home runs and strikeouts mean you know that's why they keep tampering with the with the baseballs and everything like. The, the owners want to make the case out that they're pro, like everything is terrible or like or that people don't like baseball anymore or whatever. And it's just not true. It, like at the, at, the, at the end of the day, people are still going to baseball games. I've taken plenty of friends to, to base friends and girlfriends to baseball games and been like, mm-hmm. OK, this is what's happening. Just explain the thing to them. And, and everyone has a good time at the end of the day. It's always a good date. So like I don't know what I, the, the people if, if someone tells you baseball is dying. They just don't know what they're talking about at the end of the day. They don't know what they're talking about. And and it's 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 a lie perpetuated by the owners to try and justify squeezing the players for more money. That angle is so interesting to me to hear, like, talking about, you know, the owners emphasizing that baseball is dying and, like, them trying to manipulate the game, like Lauren said, by the baseball or, like you said, in, in emphasizing the home runs, right? So, like, you have the MLB on that side of the spectrum. Then you got the NFL on the other side of the spectrum, like, enforcing dumbass taunting rules, um, trying to, like, trying to trying to squeeze in, like, another regular season game to make it 18. Oh, we've already got 17. They're trying to make it 18. Like, it kind of seems like they're <laughs> they're pulling in opposite directions in terms of organizations, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. It's always it, it always seems to boil down to what can the owners do to line their pockets. That well that's that's because that's what it's all that's what it always is. That's what it's all about at the end of the day for these these jerks. No one care they don't care about the product they're putting on the field. They don't care whether you enjoy it or not or whether it's enjoyable to watch in general. All they care about is 
what is going to make me the maximum amount of money at any given time? And, you know, that's why sports should be like publicly and democratically governed because then we might actually have nice things. Uh, but until then, <laughs> I guess we're stuck. Uh, we're stuck with fucking Jerry Joneses of the world. Uh, just squeezing us for every inch and ounce of profit that he can get for some reason because he needs another yacht or something. Who knows? Well, they need, you know, he needs that other yacht. How else is he supposed to get out, get out on the lake, you know, down there in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to, I'm going to transition a little bit from there. Um, Quick update. The Wiz, as we record right now, the Wizards are up big on the, uh, on the, Clippers? That's who we're playing? Yep. Yeah, we're up by like 30 points, it looks like. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we close out that game and get a dub. Fingers crossed. It'd be impressive to see us lose a 30-point lead. Don't, honestly. don't, don't, don't do that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. All right, all right. Well, it wouldn't, uh, some it quick... wouldn't shock us. Huh? It wouldn't shock us. It wouldn't shock us. <laughs> We're Look, so traumatized. As wizard fans, we have been through a lot. In life. I've seen, I've seen a lot happen. I've seen a lot happen. No lead is safe until the clock is zero zero. <laughs> zero zero. Oh no! Nah. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand. As a, I can't say in base in basketball that I understand, but in, in the football sense, I understand as a Jets fan. So. There you go. Um, well, speaking about football, we had a great week of football uh, in terms of news and games and stuff. Um, some quick clerical things. The Chicago Bears seem to be um, ready to hire the Kansas City Chiefs assistant director of player personnel, Ryan Poles, as their general manager. Um, the rumor mill is circulating pretty hot right now on uh, Jim Caldwell, the ex-head coach of the Detroit Lions, being brought in as well um, to a couple with Ryan Poles. They, they're looking for someone with a little bit more. Uh, experience at the head coach position to, you know, take some of that pressure off polls, who will be a first-time GM. Um, So keep an eye out for that. The Minnesota Vikings are also set to hire the Cleveland Browns vice president of football operations, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, um, which would be a pretty big deal, um, as I think he would be, if I'm not mistaken, he'll either be the second or the third uh, African-American general manager in the league. Um, So that's actually a pretty big deal. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well. And then the last bit of head coaching news, uh, Sean Payton, the head coach of the new Orleans saints, uh, informed the team this morning that he would be stepping away from the team. Um, basically taking a sabbatical Lauren, what do you think? Um, what do you think of the situation in new Orleans? Uh, there's negative 74 million in terms of, uh, the salary cap just lost their head coach. There's their possible returning Oh no, Jameis Winston is also an unrestricted free agent. Um, how do you think? What do you think, man? Yeah, they're a walking dumpster fire right now. Um, <laughs> just, just absolutely like that gif of a garbage, garbage on fire. That's like what I think Down about when I think of the, them right now in that whole situation. It's just bad. Um, John Payton's there's being smart right here. He kind of, I feel like he kind of surveyed the scenery and was like, "I'm gonna sit this one out, guys," uh, and just kind of uh, decided to 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 go. You know what? I'm gonna retire for a little bit. I think he's going the Bruce Arians play. I think for sure. I think what he's gonna do is um, sit out for a year, go into TV, go into go into TV color commentating like Bruce Arians did, and then wait for another head coaching gig to open up on Black Monday, which I think the Cowboys. I think I think after next year they'll fire Mike McCarthy, and I think he'll slide in right into that that role in 2023. I, I bet he has a job 
uh, but I bet he only, he's only out of here. And then he has another job. So I think he's just buying his time and he's waiting. But it was a little bit of a shocker. I mean, you kind of the rumor mill, the smoke on Twitter was saying that he might do something, you know, like he might be gone. So like everybody kind of knew maybe something might come up. But I think he um, but yeah, yeah. So that's what I think he'll do. I think that's his plan. That's his course of action right there. He's going to take a year off, going to do TV like Bruce Arians did and then wait for the Cowboys to fire Mike McCarthy and then go go there or wait for another good opening up like in Tampa, like a Tampa job or something like not. Well, not saying they're going to fire Bruce, but I meant like the Cowboys fire their head coach or, you know, like a decent organization. So. But yeah, I think that's that's what's going to happen there. I think he saw the the terrible cap hole. Michael Thomas never came, doesn't want to come back or play for them anymore. They can't get rid of him, or they can't. They haven't been able to fix that situation. Um, no quarterback. You've signed Taysom Hill uh, to all that money. Uh, you're super in the so hole. Dumb. So, so dumb. They signed him. <laughs> they signed him for all that money for some. He's I mean, he's he's a player. He's a position. He plays multiple positions. I guess I don't know. Because uh, he can't really, he can't play quarterback, so I don't know what he does out there. Um, so uh, yeah, he gave <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd put him back on special teams, return, going to tackle the, just running downfield. I have, yeah, I have oh, no, no idea. He's not I, I'm after not you gonna lie, it. That, that finesse is pretty sweet by him. I mean, honestly, I gotta say, that man, that finesse was pretty sweet. Taysom Hill's agent yeah. needs to like deserves like ten percent, not five percent, bro. Like whatever yeah, you're getting. I think- what, you he just twice it. Whatever it is, yeah. you should. Get I think so, Taysom so. Hill has the same agent as Kirk Cousins. Really? Oh, that explains a whole no, lot. For real? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say, you know how much Aaron Rodgers made forty five million dollars this year. Kirk Cousins made. Oh, he made Aaron Rodgers made forty five. Kirk Cousins made forty four this year. Hey. Guaranteed. Wow. All guaranteed. Wow. So, guaranteed I mean, money. Forty four. Yeah. yeah. Yo, that's the Vikings, wild. Bro. Vikings got fucking fleeced. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> So it's just hey, yo, that, Kirk, anyway, yeah, that was a Kirk had that pretty he had that pretty boy image, man, but he actually a thief. Uh, he's yep. out here stealing yep. money. He did him dirty. But anyway, I think Sean Payton, like I said, I think his plan is to take a year off. He's gonna wait till the Cowboys fire Mike because they're gonna fire hit that dumbass at some point, and then he'll uh he'll slide in there and take over. But that's what I that's the writing I see on the wall. True, what do you got? Yeah, AJ, I'll toss it over to you, man. I mean, how did, how did you? What was your reaction to the news? I was surprised. I didn't think, you know, I was I was not expecting Sean Payton to say uh, that. For, well, actually, let me let me let me back up for a second. Just, just Eric reported on this correctly earlier. What he did, what he's doing is saying that he is not going to coach next year. All right, he's still got three years left on his contract, so he's basically being a little a little weasel. Like Lauren, Lauren's point is exactly correct. He sees that the fact that the the Saints are like fifty million dollars over the cap, he sees that uh, you know they can't sign good receivers or anything, and it's largely his fault that he can't that he can't do right. that because Michael Thomas was like, "You're forcing me to sacrifice my ability to play uh, through this injury, as opposed right. to like my long term future." And correctly made the made the assertion, like made the call to be like, "Screw off, like forget you." Uh, right. so like, so, so like, so he sees all these factors going on and he's just, and he, they signed Taysom Hill for like $50 million for no reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, J- James Winston is an unrestricted free agent. Like he sees all this stuff going on. He's like, you know what? Someone I'm else good. better deal with this, uh, dumpster fire. So that like, I gotta say like, <laughs> all right, there's two levels to this, right? Like on one level, it's like Sean Payton is a piece, uh, he's a garbage. He's a piece, piece, he's a piece of trash. Uh, let us not forget the time that his team ran a, uh, had a slush fund to pay out his players for injuring other people. Uh, and like, no one ever talks about that. Like, 
that guy. Hey, what that was that that was the tank commander Greg Williams. Fault, okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah don't zero forget. the bounty hey, gate. Zero blitz, zero blitz. Yes, zero that was, blitz. That was done. Old zero blitz, uh, Greg. Um, <laughs> that was that was done under his watch. And that's with, true. That's true. Like, there's no way it was done. It wasn't like maybe it wasn't linked to him. Like, he, no, he had a whole, he had to sit out a whole year actually for that. So it was definitely not yeah. under his knowledge. So like, people just don't talk about that. Like, so he's a piece of shit. Like by himself, he he sucks. But like. Uh, as a he is still a good a good coach, so I think I agree. I agree with what Lauren's saying. Like he's basically just like reading the tea leaves and being like, "Well, I, I'm just gonna take a vacation next year. Uh, I can't be blamed for anything that happens, right?" And then like he'll come back next year and be like, uh, "So I'm available uh, now that googly eyes Mike McCarthy is uh, is gone uh, from Dallas." It's so, like that's what that's what he's gonna do. He, it's it's such a cynical like like you know. There's a certain level of like. All right, so I, I have moral judgment against him. I think he's a piece of shit, but at the same time, I'm I'm sort of like, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. Like my man, right. my man's making moves. He's doing he's doing he's doing what needs to be done. What's smart for him to do? So what's hey. wild is about that bounty gate stuff is I yeah. found out this morning that uh, I was listening to the Brian Mitchell do his radio show this morning, and uh, he was saying how they would give uh, – he's saying one 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 uh, that, uh, that in the special teams meetings, let's just say, they said if you tackle this guy inside the – do you take this guy out inside the 10 or the 20? Are you like you, you, you fly up and you take this dude out? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you $2,500 more. Or like tack, and then Coach Joe Gibbs was like, "I'll match that." And he said, "One game, he made oh, he made shit. more money from tackling dudes and taking dudes what? out on special teams than he did an actual paycheck." Yo. And so I, I heard that now, and, and then I was like, "Damn!" So really, what happened was Greg Williams and Sean Payton were just old school, and they I bet you other teams were doing because I, I I have no doubt in my mind other teams were doing it, and they got caught, and oh, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh." Because I have no doubt in my mind that that, that Ravens Ooh. team, that Ravens team that won a Super Bowl, I no doubt in my mind they had the same thing. Like they, they, yeah. they're mm-hmm. like they, they were doing that. They just got caught. That's the problem. It got written down. That was the issue, right? Someone wrote it down. I think is what, yeah. was part of the problem. So, yeah, they found like a piece of paper or something, like from an yeah. assistant coach or something. So, but I'm yeah, pretty that's sure. Why they, the, huh? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's why they, Brian said they did it in meetings. So like, what happened is like a, a one of the one of the vets would stand up in the meeting and say, "I got twenty five hundred dollars if you knock his ass out and knock his ass out inside the ten. And then Joe Gibbs would be like, "I'll match that." And so like, uh, and so like, yeah. like he said, he said one day uh, my rookie year, I think it was his rookie year, he said on special teams one game he made uh, made more money making tackles than he did uh, than he did a paycheck. That's nuts, but I, I may be misspeaking, but I think I do recall in an interview. Um, after like his coaching tenure real quick with the with the Jets, Ed Reed mentioned that like they did kind of have something like that where they were just like between the players just be like, Hey, you won't knock out so and so. And like this was back when they had Ray and they had Reed back there and um uh who was the big the big freaking nose tackle that they Siragusa. Siragusa? Yeah, like the three of them were like the nucleus of that defense. They'd be like, Yeah, Rook, like knock his ass out, I'll pay you some money. And they were like, I think Ed Reed mentioned that. It's like it wasn't done by the coaches, so that was a big yeah. difference. But even yeah. the play, like the leaders in that locker room were like, "Nah, fuck his ass up." Yeah, yeah, the vets, the vets, because the vets got the money, right? The rookies yep. are the rooks are out spending them, them spending their money with men as they could get it. But the vets had been there for a little while, so they had some money to throw around. But yeah, that's wild. It's interesting for me to see, like, to have heard the paint news. So honestly, I was I'm with head coaches like like Peyton or. Um, 
for a while, even Flores down in Miami before he just randomly got fired. Um, I kind of drown out the the rumors of like them being fired or even a potential trade. So like Sean Payton has been a name that's circulated around the league circles for the last two years in terms of like being traded. Um, like the last time that happened, I think was with the Jets and the Patriots trading Bill Belichick um, for like two first round picks. That was the last time a head coach got traded. Um, and so like, you know, I, I would hear and I'd be like, Pishikaka, like whatever. Um, and then when he announced that he was stepping down, I'm like, like AJ said, I'm like, this sly motherfucker knows what he's doing. Cause he say, say he does come back like next year. Saints are an absolute dumpster fire. They go one in 17 or something or one in 16 or whatever. One, his, his coaching like persona wasn't tarnished. And then two, you, you're the Saints in an impossible position where you either retain him and he's and he refuses to like to coach still he's like now you guys still suck and i'm just not interested in coming back to the game really love my family moments too big like just a coach who doesn't want to like mess up that image he has because he's new orleans savior right he came in he coached into the super bowl like right after katrina which in and of itself i will say like that was an amazing moment for everybody like across the nation it was great to see um in my opinion, like, sure, he is a perennial offensive mind. Um, he has kept the team, the Saints, in contention paired with Drew Brees. One season without Drew Brees, and he's like, can't do it. Um, so there's some <laughs> there's some of that to me as well. Like, one season without Drew Brees, and you're throwing out 44 mil to a guy who, who can, like, carry an entire flag football league towards championships na- nationwide across the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Taysom Hill would just absolutely dominate. Um, so like, he's, I, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he's a little overrated. He's a, he's a rich man's Mike McCarthy. He is, um, Ooh, wow. Interesting. interesting. Wow. Hot take. Hot that take is a hot indeed. take. Hot I take. think he's, I think he's at the point where like, if he doesn't have, I think he's proven that if he doesn't have someone like a Drew Brees or in this current, like landscape of the NFL if he doesn't have Russell Wilson or he doesn't have a Deshaun Watson um, he's not going to be able to lead that team with a Jimmy Garoppolo he's not going to be able to lead a team with a Baker Mayfield because um, he's going to ask too much of them um, because he's he Peyton knows it he knows this stuff up here now he, he asks a quarterback to translate what what they both share up here and not every quarterback can translate it with their arm Drew Brees didn't have a cannon, but he knew how to how to manipulate that up tempo rhythm offense, medium to short. Before he got older, Brees could still sling it downfield a bit, but he'd never had a cannon. That's just not what he did. Um, and it's hard to find a, a competent quarterback like that who processes at the speed that their head that their head coach can with the physical attributes to properly translate it. What I mean by that is not every quarterback's mechanics and the way that they've been coached will translate to the same offense, which is why you have some quarterbacks that translate well into a shotgun offense that runs a lot of spread like Patrick Mahomes. But if you were to ask Patty to step up into a West Coast offense, he might not translate as well. He'll still sling the shit out that ball, though. But not every not not every coach is going to get a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson. You're always looking for one, but I don't think it's going to happen. And unless Peyton gets a quarterback that's of that caliber, he's going to be in the hunt, out first-round playoffs, 
con- like consistently trying to play from behind type of deal. So um, that's my hot take. But I think he could. I think he could win with Baker or Jimmy. Look, he won with Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> he won some games with them. But hey, no, I, was gonna, I, I was gonna say that 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 kind of speak like your your take means that like Kyle Shanahan must be some some sort of a genius, right? Because he's taking. Taking Jimmy Garoppolo to the playoffs like that's what right. I thought too. Yeah, he's but made, I mean, he's made Jimmy G look like a pro. Really, D- Debo Samuel's made Jimmy G look like a pro. Facts, big so facts, that's, facts. That's, awesome, that's, that's yeah. big facts. I mean, like if I was handing the ball off to Debo Samuel, I'd probably look pretty good. But I'd probably be winning <laughs> a lot of games myself. Well, and that play, that plays into something that AJ alluded to way back um, in one of the prior podcasts was how um, passing yards aren't like aren't necessarily always a quarterback stat. Because Jimmy will toss like a one yard slant to Debo, and Debo will run it like the length of the field, and they'll be like, "Yeah, Jimmy threw that for like ninety eight yards." I was like, "No, Debo literally caught it at the two yard line and ran it for ninety eight yards." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the the numbers at the end of the game kind of don't, may not tell the exact truth of the game. Now, exactly. don't get me wrong; when Jimmy Garoppolo goes six for eight, and it's like, and they they have like three hundred <laughs> rushing yards, you're like, "Oh, that's how they won the game." Like, that makes sense. But, but yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Debo, I think that team makes him look really good but uh Sean Payton I think will always be remembered my the the like you said the, he spread it out he really spread it out and he had Drew mm-hmm. you know like really dig and dunk and that that sadly he they you know at least they got a Super Bowl but I feel like they wasted Drew's career for a lot of he wasted a lot of how good Drew could have been in his career because I remember year after year they'd have a stellar offense they put up like average like 50 points a game but their defense would give up like 60 points a game and they just couldn't their defense was never any good um, up until the end of Drew's career and then they got yep. the whole uh, Minnesota miracle and all that nonsense so I don't know I think Sean's a great coach like if I could have Sean Payton as my coach I'd take him uh, if you could win games with Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon I think was the other guy uh, and he he had a, he had them scrap that team scrapping and clawing with, yeah. with probably arguably one of the best receivers in the league sitting out the whole year I mean, I think he, I think he, uh, I, I, I think I take him as a head coach. But uh, like I said, like you said, I think he saw the whole situation kind of decided to fade into the fade into the background. I, and I think my take might have come might have came across too too uh, too hot in a sense. Basically, what I'm trying to say is like like if Mike McCarthy teaches at like uh, he teaches night classes at Montgomery College, uh, <laughs> Sean Payton is like a tenured professor at College Park, but then. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, um, that whole that whole the whole three head hey, coaches hey, that, hey, were, hey, that hey, were in hey, Washington. Hold on, hold on. They're teaching that Cornell, bro. I'm having a Kanye West moment here. Like, don't don't dog Montgomery College like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. He's uh he's teaching he's teaching Mike McCarthy's teaching economics out of his out of his van. <laughs> Ayo, ayo, okay. ayo, come here, come here. I got come some here. supply and demand right here. You want to see? <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, hey, right here. I'm telling you right now, these stocks are bullish. <laughs> like, that's Mike McCarthy. And then you, it, Sean Payton is, you know, he's he's tenured at least, you know. Yeah, does it, he's, is it me? Mike McCarthy always looked confused as hell on the sideline with his arms folded <laughs> and his size, yeah. like, it like when the ref, like, went, like, 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 uh, when Dak ran for, like, the, like, ran the clock out, he, like, Arms crossed, looked all confused, you know, or like the ref, like there's clearly a holding call. He like has his arms up and he's got his, his, his place folded like a menu, like a, like a menu at like a Waffle House. And he just looks, <laughs> you know, he looks all confused and you can look in his, you can see a look in his eyes. He's hungry. Like, 
Bro, it's it's his eyes are in different directions. That's what it is. And he just he just he just like that. He you you get this sense that he's he's not seeing what's in front of him because he you're not sure he, he can see what's in front of him. He can't see what's in front of him. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh. He just eyes like a chameleon, just over in different <laughs> just, just everywhere. Just doesn't know where his timeouts are. Doesn't nope. know where the clock is. Uh, doesn't watch any film. We know that. Yeah, he blatantly uh, so. said that. Oh, yeah. He, Mike McCarthy literally. So the meme online is that, like, you just say whatever you need to get through it, get through an interview, right? Like, oh, yeah, when you lied at your job and you you show up and you don't know what you're doing. That's essentially what he admitted to doing. He essentially said, oh, I can do this. I watched every snap. And he's like, no, nah, I didn't actually watch anything at all. Or no idea what's whatsoever. going on. No idea what I'm doing here, honestly. I have no idea how I got the job. Like, all I'm saying is Mike McCarthy is is three letters short of a textbook. <laughs> that's all i'm saying <laughs> oh goodness oh man so well, we're, while we're on the top well, <laughs> well while we're here uh <laughs> we're here roasting people um i want to tie this into the wild divisional round of playoffs mm. that we just had this weekend um i'm gonna kick things off with with the go deep podcast's favorite quarterback to speak about no not john kitna uh <laughs> The other, the other quarterback in the AFC North or NFC North, Aaron Rodgers, A. A. Ron Rodgers, A. A. Ron, what's good, man? One of the many players we lost this weekend. In the arms of angels, beautiful. I don't know if he can fly. He might gallop away. Hey, he's immunized though. He's immunized. Yeah, he's immunized. He can get on a plane, I think. The, uh, so the the 40, San Francisco 49ers upset the Green mm. Bay Packers in stunning fashion. Mm. Um, man, that was a hell of a game. Um, Lauren, what did you think about the game, man? Yeah, no, I didn't see that coming at all. The Packers start out that game strong with the opening drive touchdown. And in my mind, I'm going, all right, well, they're just about to spank the 49ers here. And then the 49ers defense was like, not today, sir. And so is their special teams. Their special teams were like, not today we are not ready to go home and so what's hilarious is all week i've been listening to sports uh, i listen to sports radio all the time a bunch of different stations and um all week a late night guy when there's not a wizards game on or caps game on there's a late night guy named nick ashley and all week he kept saying the packers special team is her teams are horrendous he's like the special teams are horrendous and in my mind i haven't watched enough green bay packers games this year to know how bad they were but obviously saturday was a great uh, yeah great indication of how bad they are um but he kept saying the only way the 49ers win this if special teams score. And sure enough, uh, the Packers defense held the San Francisco 49ers to six points of offense. Six points of total offense. Their special teams accounted for the other seven, which won them the game. So, like, it's just it's just insane that Aaron Rodgers and all his greatness and loving the cold weather and having the game in his home. And, you know, um, you know we need a, him going on probably Pat McAfee or some radio show saying, you know, we need the division game here. NFC, we need him in the cold weather. It gives us a huge advantage. Um, really only, only put up 10 points, you know, uh, and it's just uh, that team just looked inept and that special teams just cost them the game, uh, cost them the game big time. Who knows if maybe they hang on to win an ugly one, like 10 to three or something like that, but that's probably the way it was going. 
But uh, I think Kyle Shanahan did something, and I'm sure you guys heard this on the broadcast too when you were watching. He said, uh, he said they showed them the film of the New York Giants versus Green Bay a couple years back when oh, Eli won it. Yeah. And he said, look at look at the way the Giants are playing. He's like, the Giants are playing to the point where Green Bay looks cold in their home field. He's like, they don't we don't mm-hmm. look they don't look like. And that's what I felt from the after I saw that. That's what I felt from the 49ers. The 49ers right. came out and punched punched Green Bay in the mouth. That defense right. did. And that uh, special teams did, and Green Bay just didn't have an answer. It's like they didn't, they didn't know how. They they kind of were like, "What? This isn't supposed to happen. Like you're supposed to lay down. Like you're Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Like uh, you're not <laughs> supposed to be doing these things. You're, you know, uh, how? how like, them. Yeah, exactly. That defense came out and just just stifled them. Um, so I think that I think that that yeah, yeah it was just shocking. Uh, none of us picked for 49ers to win it last week. Um, and the only way they were going to win it was, uh, and maybe we said this on the pod, the only way 49ers win is an ugly one. And that's exactly what that was. That was a one-legged person in ass kicking contest. It was ugly. <laughs> yeah. They no, got well, it done. That is so. what we said. That is exactly what we said. We said, if, yeah. or at least I, I know I said it was like, if the four the four nines are scrappy, they've got a chance, but it's not, it can't be a shootout, you know? And yeah. sure enough, it wasn't, yeah. it was, it was ugly. It was in the mud. Uh, Debo Samuel balling out. My guy plays with 150% of his heart. Jimmy Garoppolo really tries too, but he sucks. Uh, so like, so that's, that's unfortunate for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Packers just did not have what it, what it took to get over that, uh, 49ers defense. And, um, you know, we saw the results. So, you know, hopefully those 49ers can show up next week and I'm, I'm happy to, I'd be happy to see them compete. Well, here's the thing your dad said too, which I agree with that. I just remembered is, um, that at the beginning of the game, the 49ers were dropping passes. That's yeah. the other thing. I remember George Kittle dropped a pass that hit him right in the hands that he normally catches, hit him right in the hands and chest. So like and that was for I, a first down too, if I'm not. Yeah, mistaken. it was. It was going to be a huge chunk. So like they were dropping passes to to begin with. So like that just you know played into him not playing well either. But they got the job done. Yeah, well, I guess I, special teams got the job done. Facts blocked. Well, and, blocked I, and we should we should recount what happened. A blocked punt. That became a touchdown and a blocked field goal. Like, mm-hmm. oh I mean, yeah, you yep. can't do any That's better huge. than that. A special teams unit. I will. Um, I will give AJ. I will give you credit because you did. You did emphasize the scrappiness of the defense for those 49ers on um when we went last week. Um, because me and Lauren were like, "Now nah, Green Bay are going to handle business." Um, I I 100 was like, "Ain't no way this is happening." Um, and here I am with my foot in my mouth. So, <laughs> uh, hey, the other you, Saturday, you and Aaron uh, Rodgers both. <laughs> he's got horse feet in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been immunized from the playoffs. Yep, there you go. Uh, the other, the other game that that was on Saturday was uh, equally as thrilling. The Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, handling the Tennessee Titans. Whoa, did not expect this to happen that way. Um, I have my favorite moment of the game on tap, but AJ, what did you think of the game, man? Oh man, it was it was uh just an like an amazing game to watch. Uh you love to see Joe Burrow because he's uh he's too young, he's too like stupid to know like too young and too naive <laughs> to like understand what's happening in front of him. He's just like, Yeah, we're just gonna win games. Uh, and that's just what's going to happen. And you're kind of like, <laughs> Joe, you play for the Bengals, like calm down. Uh, but, <laughs> but he's like, he you know, not calm down, sir. You've got, yeah, he, he won't, you know, he's, he's out here. He's out here. So like you, you, you love to see it. Uh, and uh, I will, I, I am pleased to have taken the, take the Bengals in this game because um, they showed up and did exactly what I thought they would do. Um, and the Titans, you know, it, it, it sucks 
I, I'm worried that um, Derrick Henry, you know, he worked so hard to get back from his broken foot and showed up for this one game. Mm-hmm. And he balled out, of course, because that's what Derrick Henry does. But I'm, I I hope that he's not hurt from it. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, when yeah. you rush a recovery like that, I feel like you have a high risk of re-injuring that, that, that same injury. So I hope he's okay. I think this game also really exposed how, like, mediocre Ryan Tannehill is. Um, because if you have to, if you have to rely on him to win a game, he's like Kirk Cousins. It's like, nah, fam. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pull it off. Moment's too big. I'm just going to push <laughs> down my leg. Like that's, that's kind of who Ryan Tannehill is, even with, uh, such assets as Julio Jones and AJ, AJ Brown. So, um, uh, so yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Bengals got the better of it because they had the better playmakers. Jamar Chase went off. Uh, Joe Mixon was having it, have himself a game. Um, and those guys can be relied upon to make, uh, and Joe, Joe Burrow can be relied upon to make those throws that Ryan Tannehill really can't. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I won't say it didn't come as, uh, it came as no surprise, but like, I think the Bengals have the better organization at this point, uh, in the season anyway, because I think a fully healthy Titans might've put up more of a fight, but, uh, I don't know. Lauren, what are you thinking? Yeah, I was sitting here thinking. I was just sitting here thinking about the whole game again and recapping it. It's just a why. It's amazing to me the statistic that they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. The Titans did and couldn't get away. Uh, couldn't get. Couldn't get the win. Um, I don't think that's eating. ever happened. Or Mike, it's it's he, him, and um, Donovan McNabb are the only two to to do that or something like that. So get sacked that many times and somehow win the game in the playoff. Uh, yeah, it was just wild. Uh, the fact that uh, Ryan Tannehill kept throwing to the defense really didn't help his team out. Uh, I think it was the opening play. Uh, uh, the first He threw an interception on the first play of the game. He threw an interception on the first play <laughs> of the second half yep. of his offense, and he threw an interception on the last play of the game. So, like, the defense was doing all it could, uh, but you just kept giving Joe chances, Joe Burrow chances, and kind of like AJ said, Joe Burrow's not scared of the moment. I mean, you kind of – once you saw him at LSU smoking that cigar, you kind of realized he came into the league last year, was balling, balling a little bit, you know, had a bad injury, but he came back. You could tell he was going to step up, and he has. You know, he's not scared of these big moments. He really kind of yeah. performs in them when the spotlight's on him. And I think the that they're going to have a – they're going to be a real problem, especially for him and Jamar Chase and mixing that good little mix there as long as they stay healthy. The yeah. way they get Jamar, Jamar Chase gets open is just insane to me. Um, unreal. It, he was it, making it, some ridiculous catches too. It, yeah, just insane. And then um, my, uh, you said your favorite play. And I don't know if it's this one. Is I'll still won't forget that AJ Brown touchdown that he had uh, with one handed falling backwards mm-hmm. in the end zone and that dart that Ryan Tannehill threw to him. Yeah, I think. I think Ryan Tannehill is good enough to get him to an AFC championship game. You know, like he's done before. I don't know. I think he's that middle tier sort of quarterback, right? Like. Yeah, there's only there's only a handful of guys that are the top echelon, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, uh, uh, Josh Allen, maybe now in that group, Lamar. But then there, he's kind of in that middle tier, and I think that's where he's at. He's like not maybe not top ten, maybe fringe top ten, but like right below that, like right. eleven eleven through fifteen. And so um, I think he's I think I yeah. It just the hard part is can you see him take steps forward, right? Like. Can he progress? Where's his ceiling? I guess is my question. And has he already hit it? And maybe he has. And so maybe teams have figured it out. I just think that I think if he I think you play that game again, I think that it's a different outcome. But the Bengals played it just right and they um they they stole it there late. I mean that that last drive was awesome. So it was man, that last drive was bananas. And my favorite part was I don't know, I'm pretty sure you guys saw it because I think I might have shared it in, in the group text, but when uh, McPherson, the rookie kicker, was coming out to to set up for the game-winning field goal, 
he uh, he walked past Joe Burrow was like, well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. No. <laughs> and like, oh. that's the Burrow effect. Yo, his, 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 balls, his balls out here swinging around like he let him hang, Mars, man. Bro. Let him hang. He was letting like him hang. Park, <laughs> yeah. He's got a wheelbarrow for the He's day. got a wheelbarrow. Yeah, let him hang. He looked at Joey. Rookie. He looked at Joey and said, uh, looks like we're going to the championship game, boys. <laughs> He said, "Look, look, you can look. Just go to the locker room, fam. I got this. Just yeah, just like hang me, me, me in there. Get the cigars ready. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get the cigars ready. <laughs> and that's Good the dude. thing. That's the Burrow effect. I feel like, like Lauren, you were alluding to it. Is Burrow came out of LSU smoking cigars? It's like the iconic picture of his. Now you got him out here post interview, um, like two weeks ago. Like, how do you, are you excited? You want a playoff game? He's like, I piss excellence." <laughs> like that was his and, and it's permeated throughout the whole locker room mixon's out here with cigars jamar chase bro that man was rapping all game like you could tell on the field when he was making catches he was like stop me stop me someone stop me and like man it's just throughout the whole team that defense is elevated and they're not even like no one on that defense is top five in their position or like maybe even top 10 in their position well maybe jesse bates um he's a great safety but other than that, I can't name any of their other starters. Yeah, the oh. good quarterback play. And you know what's funny is it's like good quarterback play covers a lot of warts, right? Like a yeah. bad defense because you mm-hmm. give them time to rest and time to make adjustments. And the other thing is is you can't be like Joe is and suck, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to come in and you got to show that you're the, you're it. You got to come in and show like I'm going to have this attitude because I my play is going to back it up and his play is yep. backed it up, which is why the players love it and it's infectious. Because yep. uh, if if he's coming in like with this with this big swinging dick and having this that sort of attitude, like I'm I'm gonna come in here and piss excellence, then and he does, then other players are gonna back it up. Yep, they're gonna elevate. So I, it was a great game. Um, the way it ended was insane. When I when I heard that quote, I was like, "That's the coldest bar I've ever heard." Up until Sunday, that is. That was the hardest bar I've ever heard. Backs until Sunday. Yep. Uh, speaking Sunday, of Sunday, we, wait, we go. We gonna hold off on that one. We got we got one more game to talk about before we get to that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We gonna part. We gonna talk about that game real quick. Uh, Rams versus Buccaneers. Los Angeles visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champs. Bye bye, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye, Tom. <laughs> Dude, Lauren, I know yep. you. You must have been ecstatic, my man. Oh man, I was. Uh, Your Rams I, I, are one I, game away. Yeah, and that that last uh, to get in field goal range and kick the winning game, winning field goal. So like they they t- the because of course like Tom Brady and his like evil superpowers. Of course, like the Rams fumble the ball like right as they need to. Like his sort of cosmic energy that can like shift games that just gale things in his favor. Sure enough, he starts doing whatever he needs to do. Yeah. And 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 the Rams are just drop coughing the ball up randomly, like all the stuff's not going sideways. So they get the ball back with what forty two seconds and have to get sixty three yards, yep. and they do it right. And they get in field goal range and they kick it. You know, I was I was I was pretty pumped because uh, you know, you they started out, you know, they were down twenty seven to six in the middle of the third. Uh, when Tom Brady kicked it, when they kicked the field goal with three minutes left, and then and then they storm all the way back to tie it at twenty seven twenty seven before the uh, with forty two seconds left. So. The fact that the Rams pulled that off was pretty awesome. That was, you know, that to that, I feel like to that point that weekend, that was the most exciting game, right? That one had your blood pumping and your adrenaline going. But, um, well, that's just I'm just giving a little teaser for the for the next one. But yeah, I was I was pretty pumped. You know, the, my prediction's looking good so far. They got one more team to beat, which I think they can. So, but yeah, it was they're, it was a fun game. In a position. 
they're in a position, man. Yeah, that D line. I knew it. That D line got to Brady, which is what I thought. That D line and those linebackers that pass rush with Vaughn. I'll say this about Vaughn. He, I mean, you know, when when the spotlight's on him, he turns it on. You know, did it in the Super Bowl. You know, did it that whole year. Run the run of the Super Bowls, doing it now. I mean, it helps that you have Aaron Donald also rushing rushing the passer. But you know, you put that two headed beast rushing the passer back there. That's just a problem. He was Tom Brady felt footsteps. Most of that game, and Every you could see in some of his throws, some of his throws were rushed because he felt the edges collapse crashing because of Vaughn and Vaughn mm-hmm. getting his angle. So it just was a it was a it was a great game. It was fun. Yeah, AJ, how did, we, how did we, you like the game? We gamed we gamed it out right, like on the pod yeah. last week. We were just like, I think the Rams defensive line, if they're able to get to Brady, blah blah blah, and Facts. that's exactly what happened, right? Like he, mm-hmm. they were able to get to him. They were able to harass him enough. Uh, that he wasn't comfortable throwing in the pocket and you know enough of those uh missed throws and you end up with with the results you got and you know obviously the Rams miscues on offense were a huge problem I think what did they have like four fumbles or something like that that they all lost yeah um, yeah that it's we it's wild that uh the Rams were not able to take advantage of that but I think that all goes to the the strength of that Rams defense um and, and that's exactly what nobody's watching right everyone's paying attention to Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup uh, and, and Matthew Stafford back there, Brett Favre it up. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is if their defense is able to, to maintain uh, that type of um, that type of dominance against their opposing offense, even when as elite as the one with uh, with, uh, you know, with Brady and Atlanta or sorry, not Atlanta in Tampa Bay, um, you know, they're going to win games. There's no there's no way ifs, ands or buts about that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, look, here on the pod, you heard it here first. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. So, uh, you know, give us money or something. <laughs> Sponsor us, right? Yeah, exactly. But, and that was the thing was, you know, watching that game, it wasn't just Aaron Donald. Like, right, they had Vaughn. They had, um, they had uh, God, who's the other defensive tackle that lines up next to Donald? It's just some random guy. Like, he's like a six-round draft pick. And all of that pressure, Leonard Floyd came out of nowhere with, like, two huge sacks. Um, they've got, um, they, they even brought in, they didn't even blitz that much. They brought in a couple blitzes and they always worked because they would just overwhelm them. Brady was flustered. He was frustrated. Um, he was, flexed. I will say he was, he was flabbergasted. <laughs> I will say Scotty Miller did step up in the absence of like a Chris Godwin and an AB, but you're going to miss AB even with all his antics, he's a fantastic, he's a different level player, you know, Chris Godwin, different level player than Scotty Miller, than Cameron Brake. Uh, so it was, it was definitely a fun game. Um, I thought for a second there after, after Brady scored with those few seconds in and his, they should have uh, a clip of him with his face down. Like he always does on the bench. I was like, yeah, that's ball game, but yeah, hard mode. St- Stafford had different, different, uh, he built different, built different. Uh, Sunday night game was probably the greatest game, the greatest playoff game I've seen in my life, other than when the Jets beat the Patriots and then beat the Colts in the playoffs back in 2010. Uh, but boy, that game was cold. Oh that my game gosh, yeah. was cold. Game was epic. Bruh, tell me about it, AJ. Tell me about oh it, sir. Oh my gosh, my guy. Like, you have, uh, Obviously, the phenomenal star. This is Patrick Mahomes' is what fourth year in the league, uh, yeah, and he's fourth. made the playoffs every single year. He's tearing it up. He's been to a Super Bowl already, won a Super Bowl already, uh, and you know we all saw his Super Bowl performance last uh, last year, where he's literally parallel with the ground throwing the ball uh, accurately. I might add, uh, which is insane. Uh, 
Um, and he comes out there against a against the Bills team that is primed and ready to go. Uh, they go back and forth for the entirety of the 60 minutes of, uh, of football that are played. Uh, and that wasn't enough. Um, and they scored how many? I think it was 25 points. The teams combined scored 25 points in the last uh, in the last two minutes, a minute and 58 seconds. It was two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, less than two minutes. They, in scored, overtime. 25 they scored like points. 25 to 26 points. My man, uh, my man Davis, Gabriel Davis, bruh, put put that Kansas City corner in a coffin. My uh, guy, like, just just sent his ass to the shadow realm, just banished him <laughs> for life. Just ran, just just runs this route, my guy. Like, oh my god, it was it was a, it was just a post. It was a skinny post, but it was super clean. But he put this move on this man, and this poor guy just. Just his knees just collapsed. His knees Not collapsed harder than the twin tower. Just, just, oh. just, just, just done. And and just oh, caught that touchdown pass within that two minutes, bro. So cold. I was, I was like, that is. Somebody needs to arrest him. That should be illegal. You can't be doing shit like that. Like you can't, you can't just be embarrassing people like that, bro. You guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> yeah, facts. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said exactly, in the Exactly, bro. Oh my god. Send that Lauren, man. What... Go ahead. No, I was just gonna pass it over to Lauren. Go ahead, for a go second ahead, Lauren. Yeah, no, that game was insane. Um, it was so back and forth, kind of like AJ said. It's like what they were kind of like, just like whatever you can do, I can do better. Gabriel Davis, I think, had two hundred yards receiving and over two hundred yards receiving and four touchdowns. Yeah, two hundred one yard receiving, four touchdowns. Yeah, he had four touchdowns, and so you know he about to get paid at some point. Um, uh, and how to tell me how uh freaking Patrick Mahomes goes 40 goes 44 yards in 13 seconds and Dak Prescott can't go uh what is it five yards in, in 14 seconds like he went that's, he Mike, went that's Mike McCarthy man he can't see the clock that's all it is I guess so slim <laughs> he went 30 he went three he went three plays 44 yards in 13 seconds Dak Prescott couldn't get like 10 to like to win them the game which is was just wild to me so uh no that game was absolutely bananas um you were you were jumping down and screaming. Uh, they were, I was like, "There's 13 seconds left." I was like, "They have three timeouts, but like, there's no way." George Kittle, or, or not George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, excuse me, going Travis up to Kelsey, Patrick yeah. Mahomes and going being like, "Hey, if uh, they leave the middle of the field open, I'm going to not run the route they called and just run in the middle of the field. So throw me the ball." And then Pat seeing the defense being like, "Do it, do it, do it," you know, yelling, at him, "Do it, do it." And then, Yo, they should know, have given them a false start for that. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but uh-uh, like, if uh-uh. you watch if nah. you watch the replays of that play. When Pat said, when Pat Mahomes uh, says, "Do it, do it, tra- do it, Kels, do it, Kels," uh, Kels flinches. He flinches, and oh. like he like parlays it to make it look like he's like on a shift. But like that should have been a false start, and they didn't call it. But I just want to point that out because it's like oh, if you look shit. at, the, I'll see if, if I can find replay, that play. You'll see it. I'll see you'll if I can find it. that play. Yeah, I'm but have it was, to pull that up. But like for real, for real though, it was so savvy because uh, because Kels was like reading the defense. He was like, "Look, if they're doing that, the middle field's open. I'm just gonna run this route." And then Pat was like, all right, bet. And then, like, as they're at the line, Pat goes, do it, Kels, do it, Kels. And when he says do it, he flinches. That's uh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, so that's – it was it was a game of – it was the game that you, like – it's a game you, like, every Sunday you go in hoping that, like, that happens, like a game yeah. like that. And that's exactly Facts. what that was. That's, like, why you watch football. Like, some guy tweeted out – he's a famous – he played football. So he's a man – he's, like, after that game, he's like, imagine hating football. Like, imagine saying you don't like football <laughs> after a game like that. Like, that game was yep. just nuts. It had it all. Yeah, it had everything you'd want out of it. Um, yep. Pat Tyree Mahomes Kill and Josh giving the, Allen. Giving huh? the peace sign to a player who's in front of him. 
Oh, like yeah. bananas, what, is, bro. what was that? That was so that, cold. Oh, put that man God. in a clinic, bro. That is wild. That boy fast. Bro. That boy yeah, got sleepy. Fast, fast. Slip, the that hardest, boy. the hardest bar was spit that game. The hardest bar I've ever oh, heard yeah. in my oh, life. Yo, yo, oh yeah, yeah, that's 13, right. Thirteen, thirteen seconds that's left right. on the clock. Andy Reid goes up to Patrick Mahomes, who who Patrick Mahomes says, um, "What do we do if the game's looking this grim?" Andy Reid turns to my boy Patty and goes, "Be the Grim Reaper." <laughs> Slip. That is the coldest bar I've ever so heard in cold. my goddamn life. Oh my goodness! So oh my this man god! Man is built like fucking fucking the purple guy from McDonald's, bro. He's built like <laughs> looks like, like Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and just spit that bar, fam. How you just say that? Oh he my just god! Said, he just said be. He said be death. He literally just said be death. <laughs> he said be death. He was like he was like it's dark, but just be death. Then Pat was He's like, like bet. bet. Pat was like enough said. Enough said, yeah, fam. Enough good. said. Mm-hmm. I got it. Bien-Ami, Message received. If, if yeah, Bienemy does not get in get get like nine head coaching offers after that game, it it is absurd. I think he's still waiting. I think he might still wait this year, but boy, did they coach up a storm. <sighs> they looked at the, the the these are gonna be the new uh Tom Brady and Peyton Manning type battles, right? Like these teams yep. are the Buffalo and Kansas City, as long as they stay healthy, right? Both yep. these teams are going to meet in the playoffs every year in this round of the AFC Championship and and battle it out like this, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting for the next few years because of Josh and because of Josh and uh, Patrick, uh, both those young guys, and we'll see what Joe Burrow does to throw his hat in the mix here. See if he if he knocks off of Kansas City. I mean, we're going to be talking about him makes it to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about him too. So, yeah, nah, that'll that'll be we'll we'll have yet to see if he'll be part of that young nucleus, but. I sure as hell hope to see more duels between Allen and Mahomes, man. Oh, that, that needs was... to be. They need to. They need to schedule that for every every year. They need to have a regular season matchup, and then they, they obviously have to meet in the playoffs. They need to have a primetime game, like a Sunday night game, every year where they play, and then um and then meet in the playoffs every year because that's just those two yep. guys. Those two guys are 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 going to be here for a while, and it's going to be fun to watch them play. Yep. If you if, if can you imagine being like a first time football watcher and that being the game that your friends like, we're just going to watch this game. You're going to love it. The wonderful <laughs> thing about that game was like, it's the type of game that you would like play out with your friends in the backyard. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I dropped back with two minutes left and score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well I do it too. <laughs> and then like, yeah, you're like, so it's like, like, it's like, I dropped back with two minutes left to go up three. And it's like, well, I dropped back with a minute left and go up four. And then it's like, the well, I dropped back with yeah. 13 <laughs> seconds left and go up three. And it's like, well, the, I, I dropped back with, one second left to kick a field goal and went and tied the game and we're going to over. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's exactly that's exactly what happened. It's some stuff yeah. you like make up a, in the backyard. Force, like it's just thing. not real. You're just watching it. You're just I was watching it and full of my jaw on the ground. You know it's what I mean? Like game. Force crazy, field, force field. I have a force field. I'm not dead yet. Yeah, force, <laughs> yeah you force can't field. Me. <laughs> oh man. No, it was a great it was a great weekend of football. I'm we only get two games this week, but I'm sure well I'm I'm not sure, but I'm I'm banking on at least one of them being half as good as that game because that was phenomenal but um i don't know if you guys noticed uh and it was like running rampant all all throughout the weekend while watching all four of those games so like the dc lottery has this gross new app that they're like advertising on all the football games gambit dc huh gambit dc it's the DC Lottery app. So like oh, basically Lottery. you can just oh, okay. purchase like scratch offs and just pretend to scratch it off like on your phone. And oh, it's really disgusting. Um and <laughs> I don't mean to bring this out of left field, so instead of me, I'll just toss it over 
to my co-host over here, AJ. Take it away, man. Uh, yes, uh, back after quite a while, but, uh, you know, when they don't know where else to turn on Go Deep Podcasts, when the capitalist pigs have locked the players out, and when Tom Brady, like an unwanted stepchild, has finally been sent home disappointed, only then do they call me, AJ Claiborne. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Out of Left Field. Uh, I'm wondering whether anyone else noticed. Uh, was it when your favorite sports broadcast started advertising mid-game with a Chiron obstructing uh, a quarter of the screen? Or was it when you started hearing unfamiliar words like Moneyline and The Over? Uh, or perhaps it was when you started seeing pop-up ads inviting you to play fantasy football for money, which promptly began inviting you to take player props. What am I asking? What I am asking is, did anyone else notice that the sports gambling industry has invaded our lives? Before uh, I make any further points, I just want to be clear that gambling is all in good fun. Uh, done responsibly, it can be a hobby just like any other pastime. But I have to say that I, for one, am not entirely a fan of the way in which the gambling industry has involuntarily flooded my television screen with requests to risk my hard-earned ducats on the prospect of uh, the prospect of Bradley Beal clearing the five-assist mark. I do, of course, understand that this gambling industry resurgence is simply another symptom of the United States empire in decline. Decadence is the chief symptom of a diseased culture, and gambling is the most decadent of activities. An entire industry is here primed to prey upon the reward and pleasure centers of your brain. And now that our uh, various state governments are failing like uh, falling like dominoes to the gambling industry, these capitalist cretins will be able to infect your mind with visions of parlaying a $5 bet on the amount of times John Means will spit before he throws a strikeout into a fancy new car. A skeptical observer might ask a simple question. Do we have to do this? And I know I might sound a little cranky or prudish, but if anything seems clear to me, it's that we don't necessarily have to cede every single iota of human experience to some faceless, remorseless machine whose only concern is profit, no matter what the negative consequences to our morals, consciousness, or our wallets. Sometimes you just want to watch a football game and root for somebody. Odds be damned. I can anticipate objections to my little rant here. Yes, we do talk about the odds here on our sports podcast, but we don't leave you without any choice when you watch the games. Yes, I do think that gambling is a vice is as good a vice as any other and it's perfectly fine if you enjoy the infographic cluttering up your own tv screen i just don't see why that needs to be forced onto me and yes i'm sure the one time you parlayed that multi-team bet and made a few hundred bucks was very exciting but some of us prefer just to get excited about the competition unfolding in front of us sigmund freud has said a lot of things uh, and they made him very famous as a psychologist one of those things uh is that sometimes a cigar is just a cigar Likewise, I am exhausted by all of the new bells and whistles that are trying to get me to risk my money on whether the Wizards will commit more than eight turnovers in a game. They will. Sometimes, I just want to sit back, drink a beer, and watch a basketball game. Is that so much to ask? Guys, uh, my question to you is, what do you guys think about the way that uh, sports has sort of been invaded by all this betting app nonsense? Uh you know, and as people who have lodged sports bets before, like how do you like, especially like how do you feel about it, uh, Eric? Let's hear what you what you got to say. I'll say um, so. From my end, it's like I I won't lie. I'm one of those guys who I've never gone to like a casino or anywhere like that to make the bet. So I've never done that. Um, thanks to the podcast and like what we've done here, I've I've really gotten into understanding like the money line and the over and under and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but I was, I was always one of those guys who like in the heat of moment at the Super Bowl, like 
I don't know when the when the Eagles are playing. Like I looked right at my cousin who was an Eagles fan. I was like, you know what? I'll bet you twenty dollars. I'll bet you twenty dollars that the Eagles lose. And, and like that kind of moment is like, yeah. But when it's so saturated like it is now, like I remember all season setting up my fantasy football lineups, and it's like the app already was so congested with like ads that they had to do just to make money off of the app. And then they started throwing in like, oh, do like a daily money bet here or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make sure I don't get screwed over this week because so-and-so is injured or has COVID or whatever. Um, so it got real dense. And then, like I mentioned now, like, you know, the DC lottery thing, like that's not even sports related. And you blasted that commercial at least 55 times throughout a four game span. Like ridiculous. It gets to a point where it's like, yes, the fact that it's uh, convenient and that it's super accessible is cool. Cause like me, just as much as anybody, like the average Joe will, you know, I'll, I'll drop a couple bucks on, on a bet. I, I now know what a parlay is and I might even take you up on it. Uh, if it seems reasonable enough, but stop shoving it down my throat. Like it's, it's just like you shove down my throat, that brand new 2022 Ford F-150. I'm never going to buy your stupid truck. I'm not going to use your stupid gambling app. Sorry. I, I, it's just not for me. But Lauren, you're the gambling man here. Uh, I mean, what are you, what is your take on it, man? Yeah, so I kind of agree with AJ. There's times when – so what really frustrates me more than anything is when they try to get you to live sports bet. And that's what takes over your TV screen. It's because they're showing you the odds in real moment, in real time. So they make the screen smaller, and it's like – I've always been a person that I've got a few rules I follow in the gambling world. And one of them is you don't bet on teams you don't know. So like I follow the wizards or the football team. Um, I kind of, those are the kind of the teams I kind of stick, stick, stick to my guns. If I'm going to, um, I, when I started, I, I dab, I stuck my toe in it and won a couple hundred dollars uh, when I was younger and I, I was about 22 or 23. And I went to a guy who was, who was super smart about his money and super into finances. And I said, um, do you think that this is the, what do you think about sports gambling? I think essentially is what I asked him. And, um, he essentially started to me and said, I see it as a form of entertainment. He said, I see it as like paying $20 to go to pay, go to a movie, right? You're paying to be entertained. It's a form of entertainment. Um, he said, as long as you're not going bankrupt or like losing your house and it's not like obs- obsessing your life, he's like, then, um, then it's okay. Uh, and he said he kind of because he breaks he, he broke his he breaks his money down in like pie charts right so he he or he kind of broke it down to be like a pie chart right so you have your like bills your bills that take up like so let's say fifty percent of your pie chart you've got like and then you've got an entertainment section which is like twenty five percent as long as that money falls into that twenty five percent like the twenty instead of spending twenty dollars go to movie I pick twenty dollars that the Wizards win tonight you know um, as long as that doesn't bleed into other things then that's fine um, but AJ's right that in the sense that you can feel the sh- slow grip and strangle of like what ways, what more ways can we keep you poor? Right. Like what more ways can we try to take your money from you and, uh, and really kind of keep you suppressed. And so, and that's just another vice that people get. I went to the sports book. I was down in DC just kind of hanging out and I'd heard that they built a sports book uh, on Capital One arena and the whole bottom level just looked like, I'm going to be a little judgmental. Probably. I didn't, I didn't gamble when I went there. I just went to the top floor and hung out and watched games uh, with my friend. And uh, they, uh, the whole bottom floor looked like homeless people gambling, like on cars, you know, guys standing in lines. Like it just didn't look, I was just like, 
man, this is, you know what I mean? Like what more way can we take money from you and how else can we keep you? How else can we keep you down? Is kind of my mentality on it. So essentially my whole thinking is it's, it's fun if you do it in the right way. And it's also fun for me to, for what I like to do is keep track of the numbers. So a lot of times um, when I read the numbers out here, it's because I'm interested in seeing if they meet, if they cover the spreads, if they don't cover the spreads, kind of things like that. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my two cents on it. It's entertainment. Don't let it, don't let it, uh, don't let that affect uh, that sort of dopamine release of, you know, winning money or winning, you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there, get hook you to the point where you're spending uh, thousands of dollars every week and, you know, kind of like, you know, losing money in a sense. Like keep, you almost have to like keep your emotions in check is really what it is and keep your emotions in check and kind of your wits about you about it all. Like just understand that Vegas makes those lines. So they, they, the house always wins. So like you kind of have to also have that mentality as well. Um, just remember that the house always wins. Like I almost uh, I look a little little insight into Lawrence weekend. I almost bet on last week's games and I'd have been dead wrong because I didn't have a good feeling about it. I kind of trust my gut too. I didn't have a good feeling yeah. about him, so I backed out. Um, and then I'll never, I will never in my life ever put, pay money for fantasy for fantasy football leagues. I'll never gamble that. That is too unpredictable. <laughs> Even though shout out to my roommate, I helped him win I helped him win money one year uh cuz he took go. advice from me, but uh I will never. It's too unpredictable cuz your first round draft pick could tear his ACL, then you're yep. you're done. You're out that 100 150. I just don't I don't do that. I don't do that. No, I don't tough. play those games. So it's but yeah, heartbreaking that's, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of my two cents on it. It's just it's just a remember the two, remember the few rules for me it's just like the house always wins. Treat it as an entertainment thing. Don't don't do it too much. You know, don't and and then on top of that, I don't do any, I don't really do large bills either. Um, mm. because that way I, I'm okay with losing five bucks here, five bucks there, or twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there. And you know, I'm okay with also doubling it and making money like I did two weeks ago. I, I made money um I think the wild card round I made I made a I made money. So like I'm okay with that, but you gotta I got I kinda keep it. I, I kind of keep the bets kind of low just because that way, you know, if I'm out 20 bucks, I'm out 20 bucks, but compared to about a hundred or 150 and kind of things like that. So just kind of yeah. keep, kind of, kind of keep your emotions in check of it all. Let the, don't let the highs get too high and don't let the lows get too lows. Remember the house always wins. So the lines are there for a reason. Yep. And sorry, AJ, did you want to add anything to the end of that? No, 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 not really. I was just going to say like, I, the thing that annoys, like the thing that really super annoys me is like, why why did half my screen gotta be taken up by bet gambling odds? Like what is this? Yeah. How do I get away from this? Like I didn't ask for this at all. That's the Live. thing that bothers me. Like it's the non-consensual aspect about all this. It's mm. like all like I didn't I don't I didn't necessarily like when I when I voted for, you know, actually I didn't vote for gambling, but like if I voted for my in my state for gambling, I voted for casinos to be in the in the state. I didn't vote to have my television take screen taken over. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's like already a feature of like as like of our society with like advertisements in general, right? Like you get advertisements irrespective of whether you want them or not. They're like they're going to bombard your consciousness, uh, and they're non consensual, and that's part of the reason why they're annoying. And it just makes it even more annoying when it's like, it's like, man, I really didn't ask for this to be here. I just wanted to watch a football game. You know what I mean? Like that. That's yeah. the part to me that's just like it's just like God. I hate you. <laughs> I hate, I hate the gambling. Industry. I hate you. Caesar's like, screw up. I didn't ask for this. The other aspect of it too. And, and I just want to touch on is like, you know, how crippling gambling addiction really is just like any addiction, right? It's even more so because it's, it's monetary. Um, and, and that's literally it monetary and just emotion. Right. Um, 
So just real quick on the from the Go Deep podcast, anybody listening to the podcast who may need it, if you if you you know if we talk about our our odds here and who we like and you know the money line, but if you're in a situation where you you feel like that gambling is kind of taken over and you need some help, feel free to call the national help hotline one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero. Um, we here at the Go Deep podcast, we'd like to give out those numbers because one, Lauren's the number guy, and then two, it, it adds some kind of excitement to the game as well and some good insight for you know for for all of us. Number the game is a numbers game as much as it is you know what's played outside or in between the 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 sidelines. But yeah, if if you know you're someone who struggles with that, you know, rewind for the last ten seconds and get that number back. Um, but screw the gambling, the gambling industry in general. I mean, it's still fun, but stop, stop. You're like a, you're, you're like that guy in a trench coat. Just yeah, you know, rah, gamble. Bet your friends, bet your friends stuff. Don't, don't, you know, fuck Vegas. Like screw them. They don't care yep. about them. Keep the money between friendships. <laughs> <laughs> now looking forward to this weekend, uh, as we wind down here, it is the conference championships. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it's called. Conference championships. Yep. Uh, first off, we have well, I don't know what time the games are, but I'm going by how excited I am for each game. Uh, so first off, I'll say Bengals at Chiefs. I'm very excited for this game. <sighs> Look, Patrick Mahomes is the Green Reaper. Tyree Kill is the Flash. Travis Kelsey is Captain America. Um, but I'm still pulling. I'm going to go with the underdog on this one. I'm pulling for the Bengals. I'm pulling for my boy Joe Burrow. I think. They got their swagger back. They're heating up at just the right time. Uh, I think they're hitting their strides. I know, I know both defenses aren't stellar. They're not, they're not, they're not iron curtains. They're not like, they're not the Patriots of two years ago. That That's not the type of, de- they're, they're like the bend don't break type of defense who minimizes mistakes to keep their offense in the game. Now, Here's where here's the thing. I think the Bengals offense can be more explosive given the fact that the Chiefs have Kelsey and Hill. That's about it. I mean those are the two best players at their position when they're at 100%. The Bengals have T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and then they have underrated weapons in CJ Uzuma and Samaj Samaj Pirine and Burrow's dealing. Burrow is hot right now. I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it's gonna it's not gonna be it's 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 not gonna be a defensive showdown at all. High scoring, but I think the rookie kicker comes right back out and says, <laughs> "I guess they're going to the Super Bowl," and I think they went by a field goal. You That's wild. my take. You I'm wild. sticking by it. Uh, <laughs> AJ, who you got? You violin, bruh. In, in a shootout between the Bengals and the Chiefs, I'm taking the Chiefs every Oy! single day, my guy. Like, Tyreek Hill, that boy fast. All right, let's just put it that way. Uh, that man is fast. fast. <laughs> that boy fast. Uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously showcasing his intelligence here. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry. If I have to pick a shootout, and I think you have to pick a shootout in this case, you, you, you got to go with Mahomes. Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, no, both of these defenses are uh, <laughs> well. Okay, well, I'll say I said both, but uh, Eric kind of said it earlier. Bengals don't really have anybody on defense you can really name other than their safety. The Kansas City Chiefs really just rely on their offense to outscore anybody at this point. 
they allow uh they the, the amount of points they average for game per game is 28.2 the amount of points they allow per game is 28.5 so like how they want to have Lord. a winning record in, <laughs> uh is beyond me so i think that they'll uh in a shootout, I'm going Bengals. I think it's going to be high scoring. They're going to be it's going to be they're going to be slinging it back and forth. But I think the the Kansas City Chiefs do enough. I think they've been here before. They're, I think that the Bengals wait, should wait, have been bounced. Come on, come on. You just said you're going Bengals. Now you are you? Going oh, Bengals? I bet I'm going Kansas City Chiefs. I meant to say that. Okay. Sorry, I apologize. My sorry for the confusion. I'm going I'm going Kansas City Chiefs in a shootout because uh, I think that the the Chiefs do enough. I think their defense has been here before. They just get one or two stops on Joe. Uh, that's all they need, and then they'll just run. They'll they'll go up a couple. They'll go up about uh, uh, go up a score or two, and then that'll be it. Um, I think the Bengals would have been sent home uh, if Ryan Tannehill didn't throw that interception late. If he somehow manages to complete the ball and then kick a field goal, uh, I think that the, I think it's the Titans playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So we all knew the Kansas City Chiefs were going to blow them out. But I think, but I I, I agree in the sense that it's going to be a shootout. Um, the uh, Bengals have averaged 27 points per game and the Kansas City Chiefs have averaged 28. I don't see defense being a real big thing here. Um, and maybe maybe I'm wrong in that regard, but I, I just see them. I see both these quarterbacks dropping back and throwing the ball close to 40 times, if not more, each. Yeah. And they, they just they just sling it. Jamar Chase is probably going to have 100 yards. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill is probably going to have 100 yards receiving. You know, So I just expect it to be a big-time sh- big shootout. Uh, the game is on CBS at uh, 3 o'clock, by the way. So... And the on overall Sunday, right? favorite on Sunday, right? yeah, on yeah, Sunday, on yep, Sunday. on Sunday. Yep. And the overwhelming favorite right now is the the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs the Vegas yep. thinks they're going to blow out the uh, blow out the Bengals, and they think you that see, they're going to score a total of uh, over. They think they're both going to score a bunch of points. Over unders at fifty four. That's a high. That's high. Game. That's going to be a fun game. They should they should have moved that one to the night game, honestly. But because yeah, the next right. game. The next game on the dock is the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Los Angeles SoFi Stadium to to battle against the Rams. And honestly, like this this 49ers defense is is gritty, they're tough. They I mean, they were absolutely hitting the Packers uh the other uh, this past weekend. Um uh, like my girlfriend was watching it with me and she goes, "Geez, the 49ers look like they're playing for their life. Like that's how hard they were going." Um, and that's just, you know, someone who's, who's not as involved in the game as we are. And it's like for you to be able to tell that defense is coming out. So I think this game is going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be a, a, a game of defenses where Stafford's going to be held in check. I don't think he's going to necessarily, he might turn over the ball like twice, once or twice, but I don't think he'll cough it up like four times. Um, but it'll be a tough grinded out game that the Rams take Lauren. Well, you know, I already know I'm going. Since I'm always, I'm always going Rams. I'm going Rams until they until they lose. So, because uh, I they, they like I like I said on episode one, if you rewind it, I got I had them being getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Rams here. I think you're right. You know what's interesting is, is as you were talking, I was sitting here realizing that they're playing in SoFi Stadium, which is a dome. And if you saw that that 49ers defense did in the freezing cold, what are they going to do in yep. an indoor weather? Like, what are they going to oh. do when? Um, what are they going to do when the odds are in their favor? They've got weather. They've got the weather on their side. It's, it's, you know, can that defense keep Matthew Stafford in check? And that's going to be, you know, you guys kind of said it earlier. Matt has his moments where all of a sudden he's just throwing to the defense, and so he hasn't shown that yet. He hasn't shown that yet. To the so. defense. To the defense. Lasers to the defense. Absolute dimes to the defense. And so uh, he hasn't he hasn't had that game yet. And I wonder if this 49ers team can do enough. It'll be interesting if they if if the Rams come out and jump on them early. I mean, that's pretty much all she wrote. If you're leaning on Jenny Garoppolo to 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 uh, 
to throw you to, to throw it to get back in the game. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's pretty much openly said to the to the whole wide world that like Jimmy can't do that. So I think that the um, I think the 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 Rams the Vegas has this game surprisingly a little as a little bit closer than the other one. Um, I think it's I kind of agree with Eric. I think it might be a little bit lower scoring. I think the 49ers are going to do a good job of keeping it close to the chest. But uh, I think the I think the Rams come out victorious. I think they're just well. I'm also picking them because I picked them to get there. But I think they'll that offense with uh, Cooper Cup and Odell and uh, uh, who is it? Who's the guy who just came back? Who off a torn ACL that's killing it? Um, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. I was gonna say Akers. Yeah, he's you know I think the Wait, offense is just gonna be too much. He fumbled twice. Well, that's true. Hopefully he didn't. A hopefully rusty. he fixes that. A little rusty, I think. Hey, think about this too. The Super Bowl's in SoFi, so if they win this week, they're home oh, for the next three so weeks. Stay home, yeah. So I think, but I think it'll be interesting because the defense that the 49ers defense played well uh, in that yeah. freezing cold. Now they're in the dome. Now they got that on their side. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see if they can come out and get it. But yeah. AJ, who do you got? Yeah, no, I've got I've got the Rams in this one. Um, not necessarily because I discount the the 49ers. I think we're past the point in the season when like you know, picking one team means like the other team sucks. Like that's not what I'm doing yeah. here. The 49ers mm-hmm. are scrappy. I, uh, I would love to see them compete, but the fact of the matter is Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to get you there uh, in this. I mean, look, he might, he's in the situation. He might get there, but uh, I guess I'm, if I have to choose one over the other at this, at this time, I'm going with the Rams uh, going with Matthew Stafford's ability to make no look passes uh, going with Cam Akers' <laughs> ability to be extremely elusive and uh, run or catch passes. Going with Odell Beckham's ability to route run and catch passes. Going with Cooper Cup's ability to just not ever get touched by anybody because the man's insane. <laughs> um, like, Thanks. I I can't I can't look at that set of of data and then also include Von Miller and uh, uh, Aaron Donald and decide that the Rams are going to lose a game against the 49ers. So going with the Rams. Besides, who would have wanted to see a Kansas City Rams Super Bowl? I mean, Eric doesn't want to because he's a hater. But, like, other than that, who, yeah. who doesn't want to see a, a – a, a, that would be a lot of fun. That that off Those offenses going against each other would be a high-flying offense. So I think that – I wonder – it will be interesting to see Jalen Ramsey and what they do with him on defense, right? So do they have yeah. him try to stay with Debo the whole time or is Debo cuz you know he did a good job against Mike Evans for the most part. He does well against bigger bigger physical receivers but faster ones he has he has a little he has trouble handling um as much. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Something else interesting to watch. Did you guys hear about the uh SoFi Stadium ticket policy that they just implemented for this Yeah, week? I did. You can't no, if you yeah, they they they're not letting if you're from the greater San Francisco area, they're not blo- they're they're blocking your ticket access. So like they're what? going based off of yep, they're not yep. letting based anybody off of your like, billing address. Based off of your billing address so they won't let any San Francisco 49ers fans because the last game of the year, week the 18. San Francisco 49ers fans flooded the stadium and made yep. it and like like made it a red out, if you will. Uh, the one, the one, they bought a majority said, of the tickets the last yep. game of the season. So they're yep. blocking, uh, they're blocking access. That that is insane. That's the, the most, that, that is the most so, suck ass policy yep. I've ever heard. If you, you a little bitch, if you have to do some crap, some stuff like that, like, come on, bro. Bro, because reports said, reports said that week 18, week 18, at least one third or one third to one half of the stadium was all Niners fans. That's insane. Mm. Nuts. Mm. That's wild. That's hilarious. 
That's that, hilarious. That is, that is sad. That is really hilarious. That is like, that is a could team you, could you imagine That's a bigger L. Joke. That's a that's a bigger L than like than they need to take. To be honest with you, like yeah, seriously. seriously, that's 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 hilarious. I wonder if uh, it'd be really funny too if uh, come Sunday they uh, they we show up and there's like still like a bunch of 49ers fans. You know what I mean? Somehow they got <laughs> tickets. They just went to scalpers or whatever and got tickets that way. And that game's uh, that game's on Sunday at uh, six thirty as well on Fox. So just there a heads up, we're gonna get to listen to Troy Aikman. Don't oh, we all love God. him? God damn it. So that'll be awesome. Troy Aikman we, is so bad. If we could just avoid can we get, can we get the other Dallas quarterback <laughs> yeah, instead? The... Tony Romo. He's on, he'll probably be the CBS Seriously. game. I bet he does the Jesus. CBS game. I hope so. Um, I know right now, live as we wrap up this podcast episode, the Wizards are still playing. Uh, yeah, so quick... they, Bradley Beal just had a great take to the hole with a great finish and got fouled. Uh, so Ooh, he's there. We're up one. 107-103. He's about to he's about to shoot the free throw here. Uh, you're, How much time is left fouled. You're ahead of me because I'm I'm watching Bradley Beal uh, turn the ball over with a backcourt violation. Right before oh, yeah, I saw that. It looked like nonsense. Turkey. But, so we, uh, we almost gave up drive. a 30-point lead. Yeah, yeah we, no. So, Eric, remember we told you not to kid around about that? Uh, exactly. See, this <laughs> is why you don't say stuff like that, all right? So we're it's okay. I know you're new, to, you're new to your Washington uh, Wizards fandom, so, like, we can't blame I you am. too much. You'll learn. You'll learn. you got to understand. No I'm low is too right low, now. my guy. But I'm shook right now. Well, I'm going to end this podcast on a positive note here. Wish everybody – uh a good night thank y'all for listening if you're listening in the morning i hope you have a good morning we appreciate y'all being here with us uh gentlemen any parting shots you'd like to say go deep go deep go deep good night